Hello and welcome back to the Harps Collective. My name is Thomas Harpole. It's exciting to have you here. This is my own little collection with no niche, no agenda of things that keep me curious. I'm an entrepreneur and musician from Denver, Colorado, and I like to have a little podcast where I can talk to myself in a socially acceptable manner to tell stories, to glean wisdom from other people, interviews, research, tidbits, bobs, hidden gems. That's this podcast. We welcome you and let's do it. All right, and welcome back to the Harps Collective. It's a beautiful day I, outside of my house. We are covered in snow right now, so what What a perfect day and perfect setting to do a podcast deep down in the basement layer, the pit. And soon we'll, I'll have video going up on YouTube and theharpscollective.com, which is under construction of these episodes as well. So if you really want to see me and the humongous bags under my eyes that are usually there, you can do so please join the YouTube community. Follow me on Instagram too before we jump into it. Thomas dot 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 Harple, H-A-R-P-O-L-E. I gotta take it easy with the plosions. Did you know that's called a plosion when the P pops in the microphone? That is an audio term that you will learn only here on the collective, THC, Harps Collective. Good to have you. Uh, today we're going to jump into a concept that has fooled you. I guarantee you fooled you for your whole life and you you may not have known about it you may know about this in which case you will learn more or you may not know about this in which case you will learn about it it's a phenomenon it's a perceptual phenomenon that happens because the human brain doesn't know how to handle the inbound stimulus i'm talking about the moon illusion let's jump into it We've all had those moments at nightfall where we've grabbed a nearby friend or family member. Perhaps we're driving in the car or walking atop a parking garage or our feet are in the sand out near a beach somewhere. And we've grabbed that friend or family member and gasped. <gasps> Look at the moon on the horizon. Look how big the moon is. It's huge. Surely somebody has said this to you at one point in your life. And you too have also said, My God, the moon looks huge. What is going on? Is it the end of the harvest or something? I'm feeling hairy and inspired and it looks beautiful, but I don't know what's going on. We've all had these moments and I'm here to tell you today that what you're experiencing is wrong. You are being fooled. It's an illusion. The moon is no bigger on the horizon than it is at the top of the sky, at its zenith. This has been measured by photography analysis, instruments, and you'll see for yourself, it's very obvious, the thumbnail test. Try it. Hold your thumb out at the horizon and you'll see that the moon takes up about the size of your thumbnail. Unless you have ogre-sized hands or maybe extra long arms because you're a Neanderthal and you're a knuckle dragger, which definitely some of my friends are. But anyway, hold your thumb out at the horizon and now wait for the moon to go to the top of the sky. And again, hold your hand up there, thumbs up, and you'll see that the moon always takes up about the size of a thumbnail. It doesn't change. It just looks bigger on the horizon for some weird reason. The question is, why does this happen to human beings? And this is no new question. It has fooled the likes of Aristotle, Ptolemy, Leonardo da Vinci, 
and Descartes, among many other philosophers and scientists of the last one to 2,000 years. And yet the moon is about a half a degree at all times, about one thumbnail. What the hell? Well, let's start with a common explanation. First, we need to find out, is the atmosphere itself acting like a magnifying glass and refracting the image of the moon? Is it bending? Since we're looking through the atmosphere as a lens, is it bending the size of the moon? And that's why it only appears larger on the horizon. Or the second theory we could test is the size contrast theory, which states that the perceived size of the moon is proportional to the perceived size of objects around it. For example, on the horizon, the moon is close to large objects, and we perceive those objects as large. Trees, buildings, Kim Kardashian's ass, even though that's not on the horizon, but it's still large, and so on. And because the moon appears comparable in size to these familiar large objects, it also appears larger. We associate it with large objects. So that's theory number two. But we have a few problems right off the bat that we should address with both of these theories. The first problem is that airline pilots and sailors on the sea still claim to see the moon illusion. With no distal cues and simply a flat horizon, nothing to bend their perception, they still perceive the effect. Why is that? The next problem, we also don't perceive the moon illusion in a planetarium, which is odd. Surely this should translate to a planetarium experience where everything is at scale, it's dark, the horizon looks similar to a real horizon. This effect should take place no matter where we go, but yet it only takes place in the actual outdoors. The third problem, and this is a little strange, if we stick our head between our legs... If you bend over and look at this thing upside down, for most people, the effect completely disappears. What the hell? Well, there are other hypotheses that have emerged as well. There's one called the relative distance hypothesis, which is based on a little shortcut or hack used by our brains. Over millions of years in human evolution, our visual systems developed to associate things near the horizon with being very far away. After all, when you're standing on the ground, the horizon is literally the farthest thing you can see. But stuff out there that's far away might still be important, valuable for survival. For example, water or food or shelter. And so your brain kind of cheats and makes that stuff seem bigger than it really is. And when you see the moon near the horizon, that little cheat, that little hack makes it look a lot bigger than it should. It might be valuable information. There's one problem with this idea, though. When you ask most people, they will say the moon seems closer when it sits on the horizon, not farther away. That's where this whole question came up in the first place. The moon seems bigger on the horizon, which it's not, and it seems closer to us, even though it's not. A few hours later, it'll be up in the same place in the sky. It's not moving any closer to Earth. We know it's not. So what is going on? Well, a side note, there is one difference about the moon as it appears up close on the horizon. It tends to have a more yellow or orangish hue compared to when it's high overhead and more of a pure white. And this happens because the moon's light travels a longer distance through the atmosphere. As it travels a longer path, 
more of the shorter, bluer wavelengths of light are scattered away, leaving more of the longer, redder wavelengths. And also, this is amplified by the dust and pollution in the atmosphere that can also deepen that reddish color. But the moon is no closer to the Earth. So what the heck are we supposed to do about this problem? Well, let's look at the history of the moon illusion and what others have done to address the problem, and then we'll get up to modern day and wrap this up. In the 7th century BC, the moon problem was originally discovered on a cuneiform script, a clay tablet in Nineveh, and the people at that time perceived a special largeness in the moon on the horizon, noted in the tablet that an eclipse would soon take place. This was noticed by Lei Chu in the 2nd century AD in China. He noted that the sun had its own illusion. It appeared larger on the horizon for sure, but the heat intensity was worse at noon when the sun was overhead, and therefore he could not determine what constitutes the actual closeness of the planet. Why is it hotter when it looks farther away? He brought the problem to Confucius, who could not solve it. Around the same time, the philosopher Ptolemy tried to tackle this and held fast to the magnification theory. That was the common belief that the atmosphere magnifies our view similar to how the surface of water causes a refraction of the contents underneath the water. And this is still believed by many lay people today, that there is a physical magnifying taking place outside of the human body, which has since been disproved by the actual measurements that have been taken of the moon in studies. Also, Galileo had a student named Castelli who questioned the same issue in the 1700s, but this time with the Big Dipper and other constellations. He noticed they were larger, and he questioned and documented whether this was a measurable enlargement or a psychological effect. Leonardo da Vinci also had a crack at this problem in the 1400s. He thought that every object would appear larger at midnight compared to midday because the pupil gets smallest at midday due to the abundance of light, and our perception of objects was due to the state of our eye faculties at the time of looking. Interesting. Another theory came at the turn of the 19th century, presented by researcher O. Zoth, or Mr. Zoth. He thought the illusion was due to gravity and the distortion of your eyeball when looking fully upward in the sky. He also thought your visual axes tend to converge when the eyes turn upward due to the muscle controlling the movement. This convergence causes the perception that items appear closer, an effect we do know as convergence micropsia. There have been contradictory results as far as the moon illusion, though, because some subjects in modern studies still perceive the effect. We'll return to convergence in a moment. It wasn't until the 1960s and 70s that interest in this boiled up again. So photography was used, like we said, by Walker in 78, Solka and Orbach in 69. They used photos to show that the images of the moon are completely equal. This was big. It ruled out all of the optics theories, all of the refraction theories, anything outside of the human brain, and narrowed it down to a psychological issue, a problem. So now the question becomes, what part of our psychological system is this happening in? For example, is the image on the retina actually larger and therefore entering the brain with a larger retinal image? Or is this something happening far beyond the optic nerve, somewhere in the occipital lobe? Who knows? Well, here's a good theory. Brightness is the culprit. 
Because due to the atmosphere, when you're looking at the moon on the horizon, it is not as bright. There's pollution. There are filters that dampen the brightness of the moon. Therefore, the pupils dilate to take in more light to sharpen and focus on a darker and blurrier object. This dilation causes a larger retinal image, and that image gets shipped on down to the brain. Some general version of this idea has survived three centuries until the 1960s again, and it's a good theory. But it was discredited across multiple studies in the 60s where researchers controlled for the brightness of the moon. They also found no discernible difference when measuring the actual moon's brightness on the horizon or in the sky. And yet people still experience the illusion no matter what. This idea about light affecting the pupil seems plausible with the moon, but there's still an issue. The sun and constellations also appear enlarged on the horizon. Why do they appear larger as well? So at this point, you're probably fairly tired of moon illusion history, and we've ruled out gravity, we've ruled out brightness, we've ruled out any external event that causes a change to the visual information. We've ruled out a lot and established essentially just confusion. So what's the answer moving forward? What's the current body of knowledge say about this? The answer is nobody still knows. There's a few ideas that you should take with you as our current status of the moon illusion. Number one is the idea that there's something going on with our ocular motor system that perhaps was built into us from evolution. For example, it could be the shape of the sky and how humans have perceived the sky over hundreds of thousands of years. We perceive the sky as a flattened dome with the zenith way above us close to us and the horizon actually far away. And this makes sense to us, right? Birds flying overhead are perhaps just a few hundred feet in the air, whereas birds flying out on the horizon may be a couple of miles away. When the moon is near the horizon, your brain, trained by watching birds, miscalculates the moon's true distance and size. But it's hard to see birds in general when they're far away, so why would this create such a pronounced effect? We don't know. The other modern explanation is some idea of this convergence micropsia, which is our brains judge distance in general based on how much our eyes have to focus to get a clear picture. In the moon example on the horizon, the brain knows you're looking far away because it had to adjust the eye a certain amount to capture the detail of the moon. And the brain thinks, man, Look at all of that detail, and yet the eyes are focused as if this object is so far away, it must be huge to be providing all that detail. When you're looking directly upwards in the sky, though, your eyes do default to their rest focus, as if the object was just a couple meters away. In that scenario, you figure the moon must be closer than it really is. And perhaps the brain concludes that the moon is not as large as we thought. It gets real tricky, though. The real magic in the modern explanation happens in the combination of these first two theories. When there's essentially a breakdown in your brain. One stream of consciousness sees a white thing on the far horizon and thinks, hey, this is an instance of the thing moon. It must be really big because it's far away just like the horizon is. Then a different stream of consciousness takes over and says, this moon thing is really big, so it must be really, really close to me. In the end, there's a contradiction going on in your brain. You think the moon is bigger and closer than it actually is, which is what most people report. 
On the other hand, when you see the moon way up in the air, straight up above you, you don't get tricked by all this object recognition, horizon association, etc., etc. It's there in isolation. You get a better sense of its size. The last crazy item to include is that I'm talking about this moon illusion. Some human beings don't experience this illusion at all, even though most do. So it just goes to show you how much perception can bend. Perception is subjective for human beings. It's a fascinating illusion. We don't have a definitive answer. We don't have a conclusion. New studies are being done all the time. It's a phenomenon that humanity has experienced for a long time, possibly one of the oldest psychological phenomenons that's been documented and still fools us. Smart people have tried to take a crack at it and done uh, an okay job. I read a good book on this moon illusion. It's called The Moon Illusion by Maurice Hershenson. The bad news is this book is not really available on Amazon. There's two copies available for $890. Luckily, I got it through my library's prospector system. I recommend you do the same if you're really interested in this, but we've covered plenty of information. I don't really recommend the book, to be honest with you. I hope you've enjoyed this. Thank you for listening. And do send me an email at thedenverthomas at gmail.com if you've ever experienced the moon illusion yourself or if you think I'm a raving lunatic and this was a massive waste of time. Any feedback at this point is appreciated as we are in our infancy stages. I appreciate your support. And keep it here. We'll keep it weird. Thanks. Have a great night.